Hey everybody, welcome back to Name Unavailable Podcast. A little bit of a different show this week. Uh, we're actually down a man, so it's just me and Jesse this week. Hey, how are you guys doing? So we're going to have a little bit of a meta conversation, I guess. Um, and the fact that we're not trying to be famous influencers or anything, but we are trying to, you know... Get our opinion out there, similar to influencers and YouTubers and whatnot. Well, the thing there is, when most people use the term influencer, it's someone who is usually does a lot of affiliate marketing, trying to sell stuff to people. That's their main goal, is to sell sell a product. That's generally what influence do, influencers do, at least as far as I've ever seen. True, true, yeah. Well, I guess a better way of saying it would be to become internet famous or be successful inside of a social media platform. Um, our question really is, is, you know, why is it that everybody nowadays seems like they would rather be on the internet and I guess almost put everything on the line to be famous instead of being happy doing a nine to five regular job you know yeah it's like everyone wants to be the next you know i'll use names that everyone knows like a big like obviously the biggest one is you know like pewdiepie felix right he's huge he's been huge for years some other ones you know are names like jacksepticeye yep you know everyone wants to be that next big youtuber that next big vlogger Mm -hmm. um what's a what's a big vlogger casey Uh, neistat casey neistat mikey chen yep um, there was another big one, Roman Atwood. Yep, Roman Atwood. You know, people want to, they want to be YouTubers, they want to be bloggers, you know, that's what they want to do. But why is that? What, what changed between the generation before us, I guess, what generation will we be considered? I believe we're considered early millennials. Okay. Because there, there seems to have been like a distinctive split between early and late millennials it's almost like it was baby boomers gen x then early millennials late millennials and now it's gen z i could be wrong but i i think that's the distinction yeah i mean i'd really have to look into it more but you know the generation before us like gen x i guess it would be our parents yeah well, yeah, you know, what what happened between, you know, Gen X and, you know, like where the millennials came in that did this whole, like, almost fundamental shift in what pe- what a career was to a person? Well, I think it came down to baby boomers had a very monotonous lifestyle. And right? I will say, we're not using the term baby boomer as like... A derogatory it, term. It became very derogatory with the whole OK Boomer movement, which yeah. it was a meme, it was funny, but all in all, it's just it's just a name for a generation because it was literally a baby boom after the war. Right. That's right. literally what it was. So, just so everyone knows, we're not using it as in a derogatory fashion. But the baby boomer generation were people who worked in blue-collar jobs more often than not. A lot of factory work. A lot of factory work, construction, you know, transportation work, what what have you. But then you had the Gen Xs going kind of somewhere in between. The 
1980s boom of Wall Street that a lot of people started getting into the more white-collar jobs and getting away from some of the more more physical jobs that they were doing in previous years. Which, and, which sorry, but no, that makes right. sense because, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, factory work or construction. Not at all. My family's ran a trailer repair shop since the 80s, I believe, is when my grandpa started it. Right. You know, so they've been doing that for quite a long time, but the problem is with it is it tears your body up yes it does it beats the hell out of you and i mean the pay isn't bad but it's not the greatest i mean you're not getting like you'd make if you were like a diesel mechanic or something or even some car mechanics well and that leads into what happened with our generation because you had the gen x folk telling us well you can there's nothing wrong with doing the physical work and the blue collar side of things but if you go to college, get an education, you have a chance at getting a job that tears your body down less, and you make a lot more money doing so. Especially, like, you know, one of the big ones right now in that kind of mindset is, like, programming. It's it's big. You know, you don't even have to go to school to be a software developer, as long as you have the skills and the products you've built to show it. You know, and you can come out making anywhere between sixty dollars to $120,000 a year, depending where you live, depending where you get a job. Right. I mean, and not to go too far off topic, but you, I'm kind of noticing that it's almost coming full circle again. Because I know a lot of people in our generation that are actually pushing their children towards moving into trade jobs. Yeah. And, you know, like welding. Welding's a big thing. Right. And... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of people who are like, look, you can go for that white-collar job, but that market is so flooded at this point, it's hard to even get in to begin with. Depending what you're wanting to do, yes. Yeah, but I'm also seeing, you know, some people saying, hey, you know, trade jobs are not bad. Like, they're not the devil that they were made out to be 15 years ago. So, bring this back around a little bit. But for the people that don't particularly want to get into the trade jobs and don't feel like putting in the work and the effort and quite frankly, the outrageous amount of student loans that go into going to college. Some people are trying to go the YouTube social media influencer route to try and have some, I guess the best way to put this is employment freedom. Yeah. Um, freedom of employment. You get to be your own boss and, you know, if anyone's familiar with Moist Critical from Twitch and YouTube, he's done a video within the past few months where he starts talking kind of about his income. And basically, as he put it, if someone tells you they're a YouTube personality and they're not making money, they're fucking lying to you. Right. Which, to a point, I could see is true. I mean, not everyone on YouTube is popular. There's still hoops you have to jump through before you can start actually getting money, especially ad revenue and stuff like that. But if you could build up a solid fan base, you could really make a very lucrative career out of it. Whenever he put out that video talking about, I mean, he, he was very, very vague on what everything he made, but I think he was really referring to 
the people on YouTube who had, you know, more than a million subscribers. Yeah. And the Twitch followers being at a certain number. I'm not, I don't know what that number would be offhand. But, I mean, he made, he made the comment that he had a lot of Twitch subscribers and did not bother including the tier two, tier three subs. He just went off the base amount of money he would make off the number of subscribers he has from tier one sub money. And it was roughly what, like $50,000 a month? 50 to 60. Yeah. yeah. And that's not counting donations or YouTube ad revenue. So there's definitely, you know, the YouTube or streamer route, you know, this kind of social media platform is really enticing for a lot of people because people want that freedom. Right. They want to be able, and I'm one of those people, you know, I'm not going to be a Twitch streamer. I don't have the personality for it, but people want to be able to do what they want to do, you know, where you could create a backlog of videos for a couple of weeks and say, Hey, I'm going to fly to Thailand for a week. Right. You know, they want to have the freedom where they don't have to, you know, put in for vacation. Obviously, there's a whole different amount of work that goes into doing something like that. A lot of those people spend years building up their fan bases. Exactly. There's a lot of work to it. There's a lot of stress to it. But I would think the stress hits a little bit differently when it's your own business, when you're building it for yourself, not building it up for someone who's already a millionaire. Yeah, and not only that, but to add to the point of, you know, the workload and how you can kind of manage it differently versus, you know, regular employment. There are people out there who don't want to work for a regular employee because I mean, to put it bluntly, they want to fucking smoke weed. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. And weed is getting a lot less um, demonized, I guess, these days. Yeah, I mean, we're we're still definitely not where a lot of people want to be with it, but it's getting lo- much less demonized in the media and even in the, at least in the state governments. But the problem is, is that right now, with speaking specifically to the weed topic, because there's a lot of employers of companies which are run by older generations that will give you that drug test and go, okay, well, here's your choice. You can either have a decent paying job or you can choose to smoke weed. And it's like, okay, well, how much worse is it than alcohol consumption and also working at the same time? But with people wanting more freedom to enjoy their life a little bit more with whatever recreation they choose to do, they get more liberties than they would at a regular employment than they do, you know, streaming, podcasting, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, most people would rather spend, you know, eight working 80 hours a week for themselves than working 40 hours a week for someone else. Oh, absolutely. To some degree, that is still the American dream, isn't it? Exactly. You know, the dream is to be your own boss and make enough money in order to buy a house, be able to support yourself or family if you choose to go that route, and then be able to retire at a decent age before, you know, you, you can't And you can't enjoy yourself anymore because at the rate we're going right now, you know, we probably won't get the chance to retire. At least it's a possibility. I mean, it, we will never be able to retire on Social Security. Yeah. That's for sure. 
Uh, it's actually pretty interesting, you know, with the whole blogger, YouTuber, almost kind of phenomenon. Right. I was actually looking up some statistics regarding, you know, amounts of people who are looking at that kind of stuff. And from what I found from a couple different sources, you know, I was looking on places like Forbes and a couple other websites. But mm-hmm. a lot of them show that over, you know, like every one out of three kids says they aspire to be like a YouTuber or a blogger or a vlogger, someone who gets to entertain and, you know, maybe write or discuss certain things, right. certain topics for a living. Did Forbes say what age group that kids said that at, like right now, or like, was this a recent article? Uh, I don't remember when the article was on. I think it was a couple of years ago. So the numbers okay, have probably so, shifted some. So, but no, that, that it actually plays into my point. Because I'm curious if you, what your opinion is. Do you believe that kids today are idolizing YouTube, stream, whatever, more than they were, like, musicians and actors kind of like we idolized back in our childhood? I would say so because it's almost easier to do it. Right. Um, you, a lot of these, you know, people who we watch frequently on YouTube or on Twitch or, you know, YouTube live or Facebook live or whatever it will be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if idolizing would be a good term. People could just throw money at them because they're there. I think part of it that plays into it too, is that the YouTube and Twitch market is much more accessible than what, you know, like rock stars or TV actors ever were. Yeah, because you could you could actually go into, you know, their streams or their discords and chat with them, talk with them, and get to know them on a certain level. Well yeah, it's definitely not a personal level, but it's it's definitely like a more personal level level than you could ever get with some big You know, like James Hetfield or someone. Yeah, James Hetfield or, you know, the DiCaprio's of the world. So, I think another big reason why people are starting to turn to the social media side of work, at least, is that they believe that they might be more satisfied with their work doing it that way instead of... When you're creating something of your own. Right. Even if it's not just for you, it's at least something you're doing on your own for you, for your personal income. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like that I know a lot of blue-collar workers, myself included because I am one, aren't 100% satisfied with their jobs. And I'm not saying that the social media side of things that people are completely and utterly satisfied with theirs, but you know, they seem to be a lot more satisfied than a lot of blue collar workers that I know. Well, you get the chance to like, if you don't like the way something's going, if you're kind of doing your own thing, you can, you can change it. You can, right. it comes down, to change. It comes down to a level of control that you don't have at a regular nine to five. So yeah, speak. you know, you can't just, if you're working for a, a bigger corporation, if you don't like something, it's not so easy to just say, oh, well, I'm going to do it this way now. I think this would work better. It doesn't work like that. No, not at all. So reading off of Jesse's notes over here, 
53% of people seem to be unhappy with their work. Now, is that 53% of people who are in, like, the regular type jobs? It was it was just a, a, a ballpark figure. Just a ballpark figure. Yeah, it was just saying, from what I was reading, is just a majority of people, in general, right. are unhappy with what they're doing with their job, or hap- unhappy with what their work is. So, do you believe the next point here that it seems to stem from older generations not being satisfied with what they do? I don't know. That was actually more of a just a a note I was writing down for myself. Yeah. I don't really know if that's a thing, but you know, a lot of people grew up seeing your parents unhappy, like miserable work coming home from a factory every day or right. something like that. Would you would you really want to go into that line of work? And that's a fair point. I mean, I know a lot of of the older generation that they're very proud of all the work they did. And yeah. Yeah. And some people are love what they did for years on end. I mean, I've talked to people who worked on the railroad and people who worked in an oil mine and they all said that, you know, we love what we did, but there's always some kind of caveat that goes, it was great, but I barely got to see my family. Or... I can hardly walk now. Right. You know, truck drivers, a big one they have is their hip and knee, you know, generally in the left leg, is completely destroyed from clutching. Right. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of the younger generation right now is really leaning towards doing stuff that for themselves from their home in the streaming department or the YouTube department just so they don't have to look forward to a life of pain and not getting to do what they want to do because they're bound by the constraints of mortality. Well, I wasn't going to say mortality. I was more (laughs) going to say corporate America. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that works too. Not only that, but people who work for themselves, work from home, what have you, I think I've drilled that point home enough by this point. They get to actually take more time off in the at the end of the day, don't you think? Yeah. I, I mean, like, heck, last year with work, uh, I mean, some some of you might know what I do for a job. I'm, I'm a, Currently, I'm a QA engineer. I basically sit there and try to determine if something is broken or not. And if it is, I have to get it fixed by someone. Right. That's pretty much, that's a big thing of what my job entails. But... You know, even before that, working as a systems administrator, you know, you have to worry about falling behind in your workload and falling behind on tickets. So there's been years where I have missed, you know, where I haven't used my my vacation because I'm afraid of falling too far behind. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, some of you may know what I do, but I'm a truck driver in the delivery business. And... I get an allotted amount of vacations every year, which it's a use it or lose it situation. Same here. And there's a lot of times where I I almost feel bad taking off work. Yeah, that's. I think that's a way a lot of people feel because you don't want to feel like you're putting more pressure on your coworkers, whether you like them or not. Right. You don't want to put more pressure on them. You know, because then, well, what happens if you need them to do something for you? It's like, oh, well, 
you screwed me over at this point, so why do I want to help you? I also feel, you know, this comes back from, you know, working at the food service for corporate restaurants, not so much the small small businesses that I worked for in the past. I worried about, you know, taking too much time off work. I didn't want to be like, come back to work, and next thing you know, I went from 40 hours one week to 22. Yeah. Because your manager was pissed off at you that you took you know, a few days off work to go see a concert, maybe just take a couple days to relax because we all know that sometimes you just need to take a couple days off, have a staycation, sleep in, play some video games, and just relax and recoup. But it's hard to recoup at some point when you're worried or stressed that, well, is my job still going to be safe? And, you know, not that every job's like this. I've had a couple that were like that. But... It is something we do see. Yeah. And see, that's that I believe is a big allure to working for yourself. Is that, yeah, you may work a lot more than some other people that are working, you know, 40-hour jobs making however much they are. We'll say that I'm, I work 40 hours a week or more, and that's a full work week for me. But you've got people out there making content. They're working 80 to 100 hours a week. But whenever they need it, they can get that time to rest their brain or at least sleep in a day or two where I kind of can't. And, I mean, there is some downsides even if, you know, like people who are creators and stuff. I've I've heard some content creators talk about... You know, you have to be careful taking a week off because then, you know, you start to lose interaction. Your views could drop. But, you know, that just comes with the gig, I suppose. Well, yeah, and it, it seems like any other job in the world where new content creators have to do more work than veteran content creators. Well, yeah, and especially because once you have a backlog... Of stuff you've gotten popular, you have a backlog of videos. Yeah, you know you can still make money whether or not you're creating. And I'm talking from like a YouTube's perspective. You know, if you have a backlog of videos, if you take a week or two off and don't have anything to put out, you can still make money off stuff that are people are watching from a year, two years, three years before. Right. And if you're entertaining, people will still find that stuff, especially. You know, if you get ranked high enough on the internets, oh yeah, people will still find that. You'll still attract new viewers. It's not quite that easy when you're new. No, and when you're new, you have to, I mean, the grind does not stop. You have to make sure you're doing some form of networking every day, some sort of creation every day. Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. TikTok's huge right now. TikTok's huge. I mean, look at, what's his name, Jarris Johnson. Just did a collab with Papa Roach doing basically a remix of Last Resort, and he blew up from TikTok. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible what it can do for you. Yeah. Veteran, some veteran creators still keep up the work ethic that they had at the very beginning. A very shiny example of that is Moist Critical. That guy does stuff every day. Yeah, he generally puts out at least sometimes, you know, one or two videos a day on top of streaming. Yeah. But he could, if he wanted to take a week off work, right? 
It's he, not going to hurt him. It's not going to hurt him because he's got so much other backlog stuff that he, if he didn't release a damn thing for a week, he could run off of old views for one week and still be fine. Or, you know, even a month. Unlike, say, a sales job, right? You're not making sales for a week. You have nothing bringing you money. Not only that, but it's a common term in the sales industry that it doesn't matter what you did today. I only care about if you're going to do it again tomorrow. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's, it seems like that's kind of why the allure of being a content creator nowadays is better because the pressure that is put on you is put on you by yourself. It's a more self-fulfilling job path than your regular jobs nowadays. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and blanket every single person in the world. No, not at all. Because there are plenty of people who work 9 to 5 desk jobs or, you know, 10 hour days doing whatever and they're perfectly happy doing what they do. You know, they they go to work, they make a paycheck, they come home, you know, they make dinner, watch some TV, and you know, they maybe go hunting on the weekends right. or play some video games and they're perfectly content with life and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. But in my personal opinion, for myself, I will not include anyone else in this, not even you. I can personally say that it would be much more fulfilling and I would have much more self-pride if I was a full-time content creator. Because it would force me to work so much harder than I do now. It would force me to use my brain a lot more than I have to in my current job. And... I believe, for me, that would be much more fulfilling. But, at the end of the day, you do what you have to do to make ends meet for the family. Yeah. So, but, I would say, too, that a lot of the youth today seems like they have the drive to actually do the content creation. It helps how accessible it is to do. Well, yeah. And I know we've kind of been bouncing over the same points. We've just been trying to, you know... Talk about, like, how we kind of feel about the whole situation. And, I mean, our opinions, in the grand scheme of things, might not mean anything. Because we're only starting at this concreation thing. We're not making anything of it. Or making anything from it. It's just something that we're enjoying doing, you know, once a week right now. And it's it's a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely look forward to it every single week. You know, and each week it's getting a little bit easier. But that being said, you know, if there's anyone out there who is a content creator, a full-time content creator, whether it be, you know, vlogging, blogging, streaming, YouTube videos, even if you're like an Instagram or Twitter, not Twitter, but TikTok influencer, please, you know, you could get a hold of us. You could find us on Facebook. Yeah. You know, I would really like to talk to someone that's actually full-time in that position and see, like, if our thoughts are anywhere correct. Yeah, that... Because we could be completely wrong for all we know. A little bit of perspective is always good. I would tend to say that while I did mention that their physical labor is not as hard, their their mental... It's, yeah, it's more mentally taxing versus physically taxing. Well, especially with, you know, dealing with a bunch of people who believe they have personal relationships with you. Like, that has got to be horrific. 
Yes, and I mean, have you ever been in some Twitch chats? They are a toxic mess. Oh yeah, and it's just like it has to be its own level of stress just handling that. But I guess that's what you have good moderators for. Yeah. Well, I mean, the wife was reading an article the other day about a Twitch streamer. I don't remember the article exactly, but she got a toxic commenter in there, and she had to assert dominance and put this motherfucker in his place. <laughs> and it, and she looks at me, she's like, damn, I'm like, and she read me the article. I'm like, well, it's what you have to do in that position, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah. So I tend to wonder if another big allure to doing content creation is a recognition factor. Well, you have to think, especially, you know, it doesn't even have to be a super big streamer or anything like, you know, some of the people we've mentioned in the cast already. You have these smaller streamers, you know, might only have a couple hundred people in the chat at one time. Yeah. But if you have this group of 200 people that are just that absolutely adore you and love what you do that has to feel awesome yeah and that's that's not adoration you get at a regular job no a lot of people feel like they probably don't get enough recognition for what they do in the first place a lot of people feel like they're underappreciated in a regular nine to five which i mean they're not completely wrong but in a twitch stream you're gonna get a good mix of people that are there just to see you yeah, they literally come to see you and say hi and chat and watch you play, you know, video games or, you know, cook or play music or whatever it is that your stream is. Right. I mean, it has to be really, I don't know, not necessarily satisfying, but it has to be really cool to be, you know, sitting there playing some video game and someone pops into your chat, you know, someone you've seen around for a while and they're like, hey, you know, so-and-so streamer, I just want to let you know that you know, since this event happened in my life, you have literally saved me from, you know, hurting myself. You've been a reason that I've been able to keep my head on my shoulders and really keep focused. I feel like it's, they have that constant, like, you know, some of these streamers are so consistent, like, that person's there every day, so it helps them get their mind off their problems. Yeah, it's, it's almost like going and hanging out at a friend's house. Yeah, it's a lot, you know, just like coming home from work and like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with so-and-so. I mean, it's digital, but it doesn't really matter too much. There's been people I've been subscribed to on Twitch for over five years. Yeah. Because they've always just kind of, I wouldn't say been there for me. That's kind of a weird way to put it. Uh, but you can you can count on them to be around. Yeah, they've been doing it for years so it's like if i have a bad day it's like oh hey i'm gonna go hang out with this streamer you know so and so streamer right and especially if it's someone who's not doesn't get hyper excited and screaming and stuff they're just there to chill well and not only that but there's also a level of disconnect that if you get mad at them you can just turn off your phone yeah you could just literally like well I'm mad at you, so I'm going to go watch this other person play League of Legends. Right. Screw you, XX Captain Fluffy Pants XX. Yeah. <laughs> There's a level of petty in there somewhere. But that's not what you can get with hanging out with work friends sometimes. Exactly. If you have a bad day at work, and it's directly caused by the person you're supposed to go have a couple beers with right after work, 
It's like, well, fuck, I'm not going to have beers with them now. It's like, I don't want to see their face. Right. The content creation side of things has definitely got its advantages, but I'm not going to say that it's like all sunshine and rainbows, you know? Yeah, well, no job is, no matter what it is. No, not at all. You know, I feel like some people just want to be like, well, I just want a job where I can sit here and do nothing and make a bunch of money. And obviously we know it doesn't work like that. Definitely Unless you're Jeff Bezos. I mean, he put in a lot of work a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Well, I think that'll probably do it for us tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got most of our points across. Whether or not they were correct remains to be seen. I mean, they weren't exactly points. They were just kind of opinions. And remember, everybody, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one, and most of the time they do stink. That's that's very true. But for tonight, we are going to go ahead and sign off. My name's Alex. I'm Jesse. And we will see you guys next time. 